We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. One of the most versatile players league-wide is now experimenting with an expanded role in offensive coordinator Todd Munkin's offense. And Bobby, if this experiment doesn't work, one wonders if he could lose his roster spot. Oh boy, yeah. We're talking about Ravens fullback Patrick Ricard, fresh off the pup list, as we've talked about in recent weeks. Uh, He was seen getting in work with the offensive line on Monday. So what might his role look like if that's something that's added to his plate? All that's still to come. I'm Sarah Ellison alongside Bobby Trossett. It is Tuesday, August 8th, and this is your morning Ravens update from inside the vault. So, Sarah, the Ravens avoided somewhat of a scare with wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr., who left the practice field early on Monday for the locker room. Meanwhile, we actually had a Rashad Bateman sighting. Plus, it was a much cleaner practice from Baltimore's offensive unit. And we have Jeff Zrebeck's stock up, stock down reports on players now 10 days into camp. That's right. We have all that and more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. So again, the title, right? Ravens running interesting experiment on offense. What could that be? Is it going to be Lamar related? Is it going to be the running backs being more featured in the past game? Is it going to be spreading guys out? Is it going to be using the joystick accordingly? Well, it could be all of those things. But as far as week two is concerned, Sarah, for training camp, Todd Munkin is going to be exploring, potentially adding and expanding Patrick Ricard's role. He was seen on Monday working with the offensive line. And remember, I love Pat's story so much. I think a lot of us underdog types of people can get behind him. I'm sure most Ravens fans are familiar. He's been around since the 2017 season, but he was undrafted out of Maine. Not exactly a top-notch school for football. Undrafted, makes the team. And I love his Wikipedia page. So the guy's played all over the field. Patrick Ricard, born May 27th, 1994, is an American football fullback, an occasional defensive end for the Baltimore Ravens of the National Football League. He played college football at Maine. Well, you're going to have to add potentially an occasional offensive lineman as well. We'll see where 
where he ends up. What do you, what'd you make of this report? I'm dying over here because you just read his Wikipedia page, number one. Number two, I was already dying because Todd Munkin wants nothing to do with what Greg Roman was doing last year and previous years. Oof. And I know that will be music to fans' ears. How many memes were there out there, Bobby, of like <clears> – <throat> Pat Ricard, and it's not even against Pat Ricard. It was just the way Greg used him. But these memes of like him lining up on wide receiver, like the big man trying to juke like these, you know, cornerbacks out there and defensive backs. So, uh, yeah, Todd Munkin's putting a kibosh on uh, Pat Ricard as a wide receiver. Um, I think this is a big indication, Bobby, that, um, yeah, Todd Munkin not only is not going to be using him as a wide receiver, but not so much as a fullback either. Um, you know, when you start, I hate to say that because we love Pat so much. He's a friend of the show. He's been on. Um, but when you start experimenting with things like this and Hey, we could be wrong. Like you just named all the things that he's been on, right? Defensive line fullback. Maybe that was an indication that his, his role was diminishing back then. It wasn't. So maybe I'm wrong, but in this case, it makes me a little bit nervous for Pat. It makes me nervous that, you know, fullback isn't going to be featured as much and if that's not the case you know you you got to find something else to do so that's the question is where on the offensive line I could definitely see him as like an inline Y tight end that needs blocking maybe as a six tight end are they going to sub him in at guard and do some polling like like I don't know like what this is going to look like but I hope it works for Pat because it sounds like his role might be shrinking Here's John Harbaugh on that exact topic. Looking at that. We're looking at that. You know, it's just a multiple role kind of thing. I mean, Pat's quite a quite an athlete. You know, he can do a lot of different things. And uh, maybe we expand his role just a little bit for a little bit of time here and see how he does. So we're going to look at that. You know, it's unfortunate in 2023, you look league-wide based on how the game has changed schematically, offensively speaking. The fullback position is no longer universally recognized. And that's what's been so unique about Pat's time in Baltimore since 2017. You know, the majority of his career here was under, the beginning of his career was under Greg Roman, as you mentioned, and he was heavily involved, mm-hmm. like heavily involved, catching passes at times as we, as all of us so much, so much enjoyed. I, I remember Al Michaels, uh, a great call on Sunday night football a couple of years ago before he went over to Amazon. Pat was trucking guys because it was like a check down almost that he got thrown to him. So yeah, it doesn't seem as if – I hope he makes the team. I can't imagine Ben Mason is making this team. If there is a fullback, it's going to be Pat Ricard. But because he is being paid like a, a contributor, right? I think that's why you're seeing like, okay, well, well we need to make sure we utilize him <laughs> because we've paid him. I mean, we got to get our money out out of this one for sure. Absolutely. And also, Bobby, um, another way that we're seeing a change in Todd Munkin's offense, by the way, is we're hearing a lot more out of camp. Todd Munkin using his running backs in the um, receiving game. Again, that was not something that Greg Roman did a lot. In fact, uh, Jonas... Jonas Schaefer from Baltimore Banner, this was last week, he was asking John Harbaugh. He asked him just straight up, you know, Greg Roman, when we asked about checkdowns, Greg Roman would say, well, Lamar Jackson is the checkdown, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And now, he could still be that, but it shouldn't be the only option. 
And so Jonas had asked John Harbaugh, so is this real what we're seeing? Like, are you are you going to be using running backs more as checkdowns? And and John Harbaugh says, no, yeah, the backs are very much a part of the passing game right now, whether it's checkdowns or whether it's flat routes. And then he kind of described at the time how that day Keaton Mitchell had caught a wheel route. It, it didn't count because he was out of bounds, but he caught a wheel route. But just in Monday's practice, here's what Jonas had had noted. Lamar Jackson found Justice Hill on a nice will route after he got behind Patrick Queen. And then a few later, again, Keaton Mitchell, he beat Delshawn Phillips. And Delshawn Phillips has been standing out. He's had two interceptions. And he had two interceptions in two days. Keaton Mitchell beat him down the other sideline, and it was good for a touchdown pass from Tyler Huntley. So it seems like every day we're hearing about running backs um, getting touchdowns or just catches out of the backfield. So I think both those things we're seeing simultaneously, less fullback, but more running back in the passing game. I think this is a great example of what we've been talking about when it comes to like, we all want to see Lamar take out the Superman cape as much as he possibly can, because that's when he's at his best. It's so much fun. He can put the team on his back and flat out win you games single-handedly, you know, individually. But I think like this is the evolution of what it could be under Todd Munkin, now that he has more at his disposal, more so than he ever has in his career, hitting that check down, getting the running backs involved, right? Being patient in the pocket, surveying the field, maybe going to that third, fourth, or fifth option so that the wear and tear that you didn't necessarily see, it's not the stuff that you see that on Lamar's legs, right? The, the, amount, of, the amount of time that he has to rehab and, and get himself right in recovery day after day on Sundays, I think that can help alleviate that over time. And ultimately that's going to keep him around longer, which we all want. Yeah. All right. So shifting gears here, speaking of wear and tear and all that kind of thing, the Ravens, uh, well, let's give some injury reports, but starting with the first is uh, Odell Beckham Jr. The Ravens avoided an injury scare with him on Monday. Um, so the reports were that about midway through the practice, OBJ catches this beautiful pass, beautiful pass right along the sideline. Um, and then by the way, he also had, he had a fourth or fourth down conversion, I, I believe on that drive. But after that catch, he kind of made some reporters, you know, eyes look over at him because he stretched after the play and then he ended up heading out to the locker room. So reporters had assumed that he had been injured on the play, but that was not the case according to John Harbaugh. Yeah, here's Harbs right here at the podium. Just a rep count. You know, he had he had enough. His numbers were there. Uh, worked hard, had a great day, I thought. And uh, we're just going to monitor that as we go, like we said. We'll be smart about it. There's no injury. All right, so just a rep count. We know he turns 31 this fall. He's not getting any younger. And why the heck are you going to push it on August 7th, a week before the first preseason game? We're not expecting to see him in any preseason action. I would be shocked, matter of fact, if we see him, Lamar, you think we'll see Zay Flowers in preseason play? I think we will. Yeah. I, I, I don't – listen, it, that's the thing is like how – you you only have so many people on a roster. So maybe for the first game you can keep more guys off. But by the second game you have to have it down to 75. I mean there's only so many guys you can keep off and rookies are not traditionally one of them. And Zay Flowers is still adjusting to the NFL game. So I would expect to see Zay Flowers. Not a ton, but I'd expect to see him. Yeah. And, and remember, remember, they got to preserve or extend this this record. 
this this all-time record, 23 straight preseason wins. I'm sure we'll talk about that a time or two before Saturday against the Eagles in, in Baltimore. But uh but Harbaugh I, said today, he said we they asked him, like, are you preparing for it? And he's like, We don't prepare for him. So everybody oh, jokes about how they win him and how they take him seriously, like they want to win it, but they don't pre- actually prepare for the, the 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 opponent. Oh, I'm sure there'll be some yawns be- between now and, and Saturday when, when we bring this topic Ugh. up. But hey, it's, it's somewhat of a storyline. I know we don't don't technically care about it, but uh it is something that for whatever reason is is recognized. Rashad Bateman mentioned him at the top. He remains one of two players still on the pup, physically unable to perform list with that foot. Uh, He ran on an adjacent field throughout training camp practice on Monday. Of course, he's a former first round pick back from several years ago. Now he moved well, according to some local beat reporters, and he could be getting close to returning. So obviously that that would be a welcome sight. What we're coming up on a month from the start of the season. You hope that he's trending in the right direction to be ready come week one. Uh, but the fact that he's at least out there and now visible to the beat reporters during their their time on the field is definitely a positive sign. Definitely a positive sign. I didn't say this the day that I saw it because I was trying not to break news uh, when I was there at camp. Um, but when I was there, I had seen Pepe Williams running on an adjacent field. And I was watching him and I was like, oh, dang. He, he looks like he's coming back very soon. You know, so... Seeing them run on an adjacent field, that is 100% a sign that they're coming back soon. For me, Bobby, what I would like to see in terms of, of Rashad Bateman coming back, if, if he's going to make it back by week one, I think he needs two or three weeks of practice. Yeah. You know, usually when in the middle of the season, if you're coming off the PUP list, you have three weeks to practice, and then you have to decide whether you're playing and if you're going to be activated the 53-man roster or if you got to go back on PUP for the rest of the season. So three weeks is generally, generally speaking, a good timeline for guys coming off these lists. You want those three weeks to be able to practice. So if Odell Beckham Jr.'s, or excuse me, if Rashad Bateman's going to practice or is going to play in a game week one, we want to see him around August 21st. We still have two more weeks for that. So okay. if he's doing this running on an adjacent field for another good two weeks, I think that's fine. And if it comes anytime sooner, that's gravy. If it comes any time later, not a big deal, but that's about the time that I'd like to see him and anybody else on PUP to start coming back. Oh, in that case, I like the timing then. Got plenty yeah. of time on his side. Some other notes as well. Again, with, with Ricard now activated, the only two players that remain on that pup list, Bateman and Dobbins. Dobbins is obviously has has his own thing going on with the contractual stuff and and what we perceive to be somewhat of a, a standoff between him and the front office as he enters his final year of his, of his rookie deal, or perhaps he's just protecting himself and he's going to be ready for week one. All that remains to be seen. David Ajabo returned to practice, which obviously was a with positive sign. Second year outside linebacker. Uh, some absences on Monday, Trenton Simpson, the rookie linebacker that they picked up from Clemson, uh, Arthur Mollett, Rocky Yassin, and Geno Stone, and Jonas Schaefer of the Baltimore Banner, who we mentioned a little while ago, compiled some notes as well from his vantage point. Lamar Jackson followed up Saturday's pick-a-palooza, see what he did there, with an extremely accurate day, which is obviously a positive thing because there were nine total interceptions thrown on Saturday, four of which came from Lamar's right arm. Adafe Owe had another good day. Tavius Robinson flashed again, one of the rookies. 
And with Mark Andrews limited, Isaiah likely did his thing beating Kyle Hamilton a few times, who's been the star of camp early going here, 10 days or so. And that got me thinking. I got a hat tip to the 105.7 The Fan guys because they were talking about this on the air earlier today. Do you remember when Mark was out for a couple times last year is basically when Isaiah shined the brightest? And it made me think, like, can they? can Todd Munkin come up with a plan where they're able to dominate together on the field and not when one, one of them is sidelined or just off the field from a grouping standpoint. You know what I mean? Like there's Isaiah yeah. can be such a threat and we know that, you know, multiple tight end sets have become, you know, or have been very successful over Lamar's era. I'd love to see a, a scheme in which both of those guys can eat because especially with Isaiah having the traits of a wide receiver. Oh man. I, I really think that he could have a good solid year too. And I am on record for saying that I can't remember what I said specifically, but, but likely he's going to go off this year. And I'm hoping that I'm hoping that ends up being the case. I would love to see that. I in fact was surprised that we didn't see that last year, especially with a wide receiver group that was without Rashad Bateman and pretty much everybody else. I mean, there was nothing else going on. So I thought for sure there would be, both Mark Andrews and Isaiah likely eating that never happened. Yeah. Obviously Todd Munkin made that happen last year with Georgia. He had two tight ends, both producing. So yeah, I want to see that. I, I don't want to see like one day Mark and then one day Isaiah. I want to see both at the same time. Let's see what Todd Munkin can do. Yeah. Breed there. Other practice notes. Again, kind of speaking to Jonas's, First bullet point, no interceptions. And according to the team's scoring system, the <laughs> offense won the practice. I know everybody out Should there. Should we panic? Won. There was no interception. Should we panic about the defense, Bobby? <laughs> Should we panic about the defense? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, no, nobody pressed the panic button. Everything's fine. Now it's something else, right? <laughs> Just messing around from the panic buttons being, being, uh, Pressed with the, I mean, it's a lot of interceptions, nine, nine from before, but we've already explained all that, that context. So, um, yeah, so I do want to get to, I love showing these plays of the day that the team always puts out. Usually the play of the day, just because it's the most, the, the most exciting. You never see like Tyler Linderbaum that he's going to be involved in the, in the, you know, in like the play of the day that he's the highlight of it. But this time around, this one's gorgeous. Check this one out. With Nelson Aguilar, we've had a couple from him. This is one of those um, red zone. Again, he's just becoming a, a red a red zone threat. Um, he's getting the ball from Lamar Jackson. Let's see if we we got that video, Bobby. We do. Yep. Okay. Let's, let's see what we got here. We'll make sure we mute that just for copyright purposes. But Lamar drops back and good coverage there from our Darius Washington. But Nelly just goes Check up and this. I mean, look, look at, at him. That. That's great coverage. He's sticking right to him. That 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 back of the end zone view is absolutely gorgeous. From what are we calling him now? Air Nelly. That is. That's like a Michael Jordan like look when he spreads the legs out, back shoulder brings it around. Like you said, great coverage. Absolutely yeah. gorgeous. Ardarius. Look at this replay. Ardarius had his right hand essentially right underneath that ball coming in. Yeah, he and did. Nelson, remember the knock on him? Sure, it's maybe been available. Look at that. I mean, 
Ardarius is right there, right in his, almost right in the eyesight, you know, the path to the ball. And so for Nelson to have the concentration there is impressive. Remember, one of the knocks on him has been his hands or lack thereof in recent years on top of available, excuse me, on top of availability. So that's a great sign there. And yeah, Nelson continues to stack a, a pretty solid camp as Dude. does. Jaylen Sorry, Arthur real Hood. quick. That's your number three or number four wide receiver, depending on what goes on with Rashad Bateman. But that's number four, potentially making scores like that and consistently. Transitioning, though, to Jalen Arbor Davis, because he's had himself a nice solid camp to the point where some of his coaches are talking about him potentially competing for that CB2 role. If Rocky Asin for whatever reason, maybe loses that. He's been the shoe-in from the start just because the Ravens paid decent money for him in free agency. But Jalen was asked about his mindset right now, really in his, not his first camp, but it feels as if this is his first camp where he's visible because last year he came in as a rookie. He didn't know who he was. Of course he did. He went to Alabama, but you know what I mean? Like now he's, he's potentially competing for a starting role. Uh, growth, uh, just growth as a player being healthy. Uh, just, you know, as a defensive back technique, uh, my biggest thing is trying to build on consistency, you know, having ups and downs. It's, it's nice when you make a good player every now and then, but you can't, you know, give up play. So my main thing is being consistently rising and, you know, no ups and downs in the heartbeat, just trying to consistently go up. That's my main thing. So we know that. First of all there, Bobby, J.A.D. had a haircut. Yeah. The dreads are gone. The dreads are gone. He's yeah. He's got that clean look. Sorry to interrupt you, but uh, obviously I hit the breaking news on that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, guys been back to back days. OBJ goes purple dye. And now uh, Jalen armor Davis goes that clean, clean cut. But uh, he and Brandon Stevens are both going to be kind of scratching and clawing for, you know, some, some cornerback role playing time here. And you got to think that at this point with rock, you know, down, even though it's, it's, it's minor. That's what Ian Rappaport has tweeted with that left leg. You got to think that that potential slot to, to start opposite Marlon Humphrey is, is up for grabs right now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, price line. And even if it's not, there's still plenty of, uh, of snaps that they're going to compete for. So if, if Rock comes back, you still have that number three. And, and in today's NFL, you're, you're, you know, you might need four out there. So uh, I, I don't know. There's something about Jalen Armour Davis. Uh, he's just so uh, in front of the microphone. He's just so smooth. He's so mature, all of that. I like that answer. I just got to be consistent. He knows that can't get too high, can't get too low. He's got he's got the phys- he's got the physical makeup for it, Bobby. Yeah. I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him big time. All right, let's transition into what's really the last before quick hits. We're gonna kind of get into the last kind of um, thick part part of the show here. I wanted to get to uh, the Athletics Jeff Zrebeck and his stock up, stock down. I love these things because it's more than just like a, um, a quick hot take reaction after one day. Uh, this is more, you know, he takes it week by week, saying, seeing who he feels is a stock up, stock down. So I pulled out four from his. There's there's plenty of guys he, guys he named. We're not going to read about Odafe Owe, Delshawn Phillips, Patrick Queen, and Travis Vokalik, a tight end. He's had him in an honorable mes- uh, mention, mention, and he did it again. He's like this this undrafted tight end out of Nebraska that's six foot six, two fifty seven. He's huge. So I just put his name out there for everybody to watch during preseason games uh, because I don't think either Isaiah Likely or um, Andrews will be playing a lot. So that'll be interesting. But um, I'll, I'll take Zay because I know you're you're done, you're done talking about him. I just took a small snippet. I'll take Zay and then maybe give you the next one to, I'm to not, read here. I'm talking about him. Oh, okay. <laughs> But take him. I just think, yeah, I mean, we've talked about him a lot, so I'm happy to have you talk about him. But, man, I'm fired up about him. I'm not done with him. I'm not shoving him aside, you know? <laughs> my bad, my bad. I put words in your mouth there on that one. Um, I was not going to – I was going to have us not read it, but I'm like, why? Why should I not? If he's continually – standing out day after day after day why do i have to why why do we have to not talk about him you know so, to, to to your point here so yeah this is this is what jeff says he says <laughs> the hype train for the rookie first round pick has gotten a bit out of control okay. still he says still it's hard to watch flowers torch cornerbacks in one-on-ones with his quickness and suddenness and get targeted targeted regularly in full team sessions and not conclude that he'll have a significant offensive role. Yeah. Uh, this is when Jeff's at his best. This is when beat reporters are at their best, right? They're basically unpacking, unloading their notes from what they yeah. get to watch. And so, you know, quick plug for the athletic Jeff does awesome stuff. I know the athletic kind of let go of some folks within the last month or so. That was sad to see, especially here in Baltimore on the Orioles side of things with Dan Connolly, but it is, Definitely worth. I know we're both subscribed to The Athletic. This is invaluable stuff. And if you love nitty-gritty football, especially during the season, especially right now, when a lot of these roles are being divvied up and, and competed for and whatnot, this is when Jeff's at his best. So, so yeah, I think, you know, that's Zay. Here's Kyle Hamilton, again, from the words of Jeff, directly from this piece. Whether it's been the one-on-one segments where he's stepped in against star tight end Mark Andrews and won his share of reps, or the full team sessions, Hamilton has been one of the best players on the field for the Ravens for much of camp. The 2022 first round pick is playing with speed and confidence. He's embraced more of a leadership role and the coaching staff's challenge to get his hands on more footballs. If he and Marcus Williams stay healthy, they could be one of the top safety duos in all of football. <laughs> couple, couple heavy hitters to start out this stock up, huh? 
that's, that's why I chose him because Jeff's not known for hyperbole. So uh, I, I, I picked that one up. Here we go. This one will make this one will make fans happy. Uh, by the way, Bobby, I did one small tweet on this guy. I'm talking about Keaton Mitchell. The reach of that tweet is bananas. Like national people are talking about him. <clears throat> this is just a popular guy that everybody wants to see uh, make the team. And because he's so popular, the Ravens may need to figure out a way to, to keep him. <laughs> but we haven't even hit the preseason yet, but lots of teams know who this guy is. So this is Jeff now speaking. Mitchell came into camp getting the most hype among the undrafted rookie free agents a result of his prolific college career at East Carolina and the fact that his father, Anthony, was on the Ravens' first Super Bowl team. That's a cool story, by the way. That's so cool. So cool. All right, Jeff continues. Regardless, he's been as advertised. He's looked very quick and shifty with the ball and has shown good hands when given the opportunity. His chances to make the team still depend – on Baltimore being willy, willing to keep four backs and the decision-makers opting for him over Melvin Gordon. The diminu- diminutive rookie has done his part, but the preseason games will tell the story. Wow. Absolutely. Saturday night, he's one guy that I will be watching a ton. Okay, yeah. Circle that name for sure. I remember Ingraven did a video on him as well that blew up because of just how shifty and, and quick he is. So... I don't think your tweet's the only one that's getting everybody fired up about it. So yep. next one stock up and then the rest will, you know, we're kind of, like we said, we're just, we're picking and choosing here. So, you know, after Kevon Seymour, just know that Adafe, Delshawn Phillips, Patrick Queen, Vokalek, like you said, the Nebraska undrafted rook, 6'6", 257, all those guys receive mentions as well. But we'll finish in terms of what we're going to read with Kevon Seymour. He's been playing extremely well at cornerback, Jeff writes. He's gotten interceptions and tipped balls that led to interceptions for teammates. He's forced a number of incompletions and held up well in coverage. He's also stepped in against the Ravens' top receivers in one-on-ones and held his own. He was an afterthought, excuse me, he was an afterthought in the cornerback competition when camp started, but that's no longer the case. And I'll tell you what, if this is a year to be making a case, this is the perfect year because yeah, there are depth issues. And it sure looks like Kevon has cemented his name in that conversation. Yeah, my early prediction, obviously granted that he stays healthy, is that he's going to make the team. I think I think he's, I mean, not only because of special teams, but because because he's stepping up now as a DB and even, and John Harbaugh, when you start making John Harbaugh happy, that's, that's obviously good news. So stock down, I'm only going to read one, so I'll give you the list before I read the one. The stock down, Ben Cleveland, I don't think much has to be said there. Josh Johnson, quarterback, Jeff in his, his story said he doesn't think Huntley has much to worry about in terms of competition there. Makai wow. Polk, wide receiver, he was removed from practice by Keith Williams. Um, I guess there were some words he had with another corner and trying to move another wide receiver out of the way so he could get back on the field. Keith Williams did not like that. So Makai Polk, Trenton Simpson, probably because of he's his stock down because of that soft tissue issue. But I believe before that, uh, plenty of reports that he was playing well. So the one that I'm going to read is about Devin Duvernay. Okay, this is stock down for Duvernay. This is what Jeff says. Duvernay has had a couple of strong practices, but the consistent consistency has not been there. And there are still times when you'd like to see him pull away from a cornerback in practice, and he just hasn't done it. He deserves the benefit of the doubt as he's coming off foot surgery and the Ravens still appear to be monitoring his practice reps. 
Let's be clear. There isn't any indication that Duvernay's roster spot is in jeopardy, even with his $4.5 million cap hit. He's still a Pro Bowl caliber returner and has shown when used offensively that he's capable of making plays. We just haven't seen many of them this summer at a time when receivers like him and Aguilar are trying to make sure they have a notable role on offense. Ooh, looks like Nelson has the upper hand right now. And we'll see, you know, the knock on Devin aside from, I guess, durability. I mean, I know he had that foot, foot issue last year, but uh, is, is kind of like him disappearing, right? Outside of the return game. Like he would just disappear. And I think oftentimes that was like a, almost like a, a product uh, or a byproduct of, of Greg Roman's offense, right? That's so much. We would always say that. I feel like I've seen that online for years now is gosh, we've never seen Devin Duvernay's full potential because of the constraints of operating within Greg Roman's offense. Well, we're going to see if that's, if that was the case or not. And if he doesn't end up having a role, perhaps that's just more of a Devin thing than it was Greg. Time will tell. Time will tell. Hope Devin, I, I mean, I, I do think that, I mean, Rashad Bateman's not even out there after his foot injury. And obviously there were different injuries, but, you know, there could be something going on with the foot there. So we'll see. And obviously as a return specialist, I mean, that's just as <laughs> from a field position standpoint, you huge. know, huge. So we know to Jeff's point, he is a Pro Bowl caliber return specialist just two seasons ago, the season before last. At the same time, I, I would really like to see if, if Zay is going to compete for that starting role as well uh, to be involved because we know that he he he's more than capable of doing that from an explosive standpoint, vision, quickness, yada, yada, yada. Okay, let's keep moving here because Governor Westmore was a participant, made an appearance at one winning drive at the Ravens Under Armour Performance Center on Monday and put together and released by Ravens Productions. He was kind of hanging around with his son, Sashi Brown, you see right there, dapping up Morgan Moses. The guy looks, by the way, he played. He played in college. There he is chatting it up with Kyle Hamilton. Dude, I he's think he's wearing a medium, but still, the guy is swole. Here he is. And Mar you know, Marlo's got to come over and say hello again. If you're audio only, you can always find what we're doing on YouTube. Um, Roquan got to give him some love. Odell Beckham Jr. Of course, Lamar taking a, a family photo with the Moors. And then because he played in college, he's going to go out for a pass here. Sarah, what do you think? You want the play by play here? <laughs> this is hilarious because right. Uh, first of all, good extension there. Like that was smooth. That was smooth for sure. There at the end. Uh, you know, and Lamar's getting him in <laughs> in flow, just completely. You know, he's living out his glory days right there, man. Look he at him. He, he may be a governor now, but he's just look. And is that his kid? I assume. Yeah, that's oh, got to yeah. be his kid. His kid is like, Dad, let me get on here. And his dad's like, Hold on, hold on, son. I'm living out my glory days there. That was that was cool. That was cool. And you know, he was just the splasher the other day as well in center field for the Orioles, and I believe his son was there. As well, you know, for the for the bird bath, he had he was the actual like bird splasher, had a blast oh. there. Big, no, I think that was during what? Well, gosh, what series was it? Maybe when the Yankees were in town, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, his son was out there. He's been very visible to the community, and that was a cool moment between he and Lamar there. Along those same lines, he did meet with the media. Governor Moore did uh, at the, the I should say the, the Ravens local media, and probably the biggest thing just in terms of what's going on right now future wise for the Orioles is that governor Moore said that he is very 
very confident about getting a stadium lease agreement done with the Orioles. He was quoted for saying there will be baseball in Baltimore for generations to come. There's obviously been a lot of questions, a lot of uncertainty as to why a new stadium lease has yet to be signed. And CEO John Angelos, who's certainly been in the news for other things uh, in, in the last 24 hours or so, he's made it clear that, that this would be would get done. There's been an abundance of confidence, but we all are just wondering, why not yet? So along those same lines, before we finish up the two quick hits, I just wanted to to shout out uh, somebody who is a young up and coming broadcaster, Sarah, who, as you know, because I'm sure you've seen it all over your timeline, even though you're, you're, you're mostly Ravens, you said it recently. And I thought this was kind of cool that you said it like you are solely Ravens, but the fact that the Orioles have been popping up on your timeline, I think speaks to what they're doing post rebuild, how special of a year it is in Baltimore. Attendance is up. Um, national buzz is up. Everybody's talking about this team. And unfortunately, the Houston Astros are coming into town this week. It's a huge series, pivotal one. And what everybody's talking about isn't the on-field product. Kevin Brown, who's a broadcaster for Mass and has been for quite some time, also has a national contract with ESPN. One of the most versatile, up-and-coming, great play-by-play broadcasters. And I think I speak so passionately on this because I used to really want, like my vision forever before I decided to go down this road with you was be the play-by-play guy, be the studio guy, be like a traditional broadcaster. And things led me in a different direction and I couldn't be more happier. But Kevin is so talented and Baltimore is so lucky to have him. Baltimore's had some true greats over the years. Chuck Thompson, Gary Thorne, John Miller, you name it. And the fact that that Kevin really has had to fill some big shoes in Gary's case, and he's done so admirably. Unfortunately, he was removed from Masson broadcasts over a week ago after he made a reference to Baltimore's lack of success against the Tampa Bay Rays at Tropicana Field in the last few years, last month. And it's since created an unbelievable storm of support, criticism to the Orioles front office. I don't want to get too winded here because I know this is, it's, it's, I don't want to get too long winded. We're talking Ravens. This is one of those things that kind of transcends town, I think, and everybody's talking about it. It's unfortunate that the Orioles front office has acted this way because uh, to me, it's, it's an egotistical thing that has been completely, completely mishandled. And I hope that Kevin's reinstated soon. Again, it, it's been labeled as a suspension, a removal, punishment, you name it. Hopefully he's back on the broadcast soon. And I'll just finish up my thoughts there because I've, I've you, if you want to talk more about that and check out some of my content on my personal side, I did release a video last night, so you can go check that out. But just with respect to our time constraints and whatnot, uh, Jordan Stout, who's a second-year punter for the Ravens, is handling some field goal duties as the Ravens kind of just plan for, you know, potential, um, I don't know, what's the right word? Like insurance emergency. emergency? Yeah. Yeah. Emergency purposes. He was 20 of 31, by the way, kicking field goals while at Penn State with a long of 57. And you know, Harbs knew all about exactly what it is. You know, and Jordan, the good thing about Jordan is he did it in college for a while. So he can do it. You saw he kicked great. That was a great kick, right? Uh, The operation was really good. So you got to be prepared for everything, right? In other news, Texans right tackle Titus Howard, who recently signed a $56 million contract extension has a hand injury that their head coach, D'Amico Ryan, said will keep him out for a while. It's notable that because 
right around a month from now, the Ravens are going to be hosting Houston in week one, and they could potentially be the Texans might be without their, their top guy there at right tackle. And Marlon Humphrey is getting back into the creator world. Sarah, stop me. If you've heard this one before, remember he, he did a podcast. It was sort of short lived with Ronnie Stanley. Now he's creating another one with a guy named Jack Settleman, who's a Baltimore guy. Uh, he launched snaps, snapback sports. And this new show is going to be called punchline podcast. We all know where that fruit punch nickname has come from based on Marlon's game, but we'll see. We'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll be sharing some of that content once it's ultimately launched. He also had a podcast. I think it was a podcast or maybe it was a TV show or what. I think it was a podcast interview style with the team. Like he remember he had that interview with Steve Bashotti. Oh, studio. And 44. so like yep. studio 44, I don't know if that's coming back, but it's like, got to have some longevity in these things. We'll see if this one sticks around, but you know, we'll be checking it out. He's all over the place. So I have my doubts, but for his sake, I hope, I hope, <laughs> I hope he's able to stick with it and that it works out for him again. You can go check that out on Jack Settlement's page on Twitter. As always, we want to shout out and thank two of our returning patrons who are supporting everything we do here inside the vault through Patreon this month. Tibor Potter, Bryson Herb, thank you both for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if you out there are interested in doing the same, now that we can say this, it's football season, so it's a great time to get involved with what we're doing. Several announcements still to come, hopefully in the coming weeks. You can check out what we're offering by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens vault podcast. Anything else from you before we jump? I know I've kind of hogged the, uh, the, the last few minutes there. I got off on my, my Sarah Ellison esque soapbox a little bit, but, uh, anything else? You good? I'm glad I'm not, I'm not the only one who does it. Get on your soapbox, Bobby. I love it for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison. I'm Bobby Trotson signing off from this Tuesday morning vault edition. We will be back as always on Wednesday. Talk to you soon.